America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. The coup that is the who. Who? You know who. And they're conducting a coup. And we're going to talk about it to you tonight. Net zero costing you a whole bunch of money. We'll tell you just how much. You're not going to be happy about that. And a Hamas amendment to a Holocaust bill. These idiots. Think about that. An amendment for Hamas attached to a bill about the Holocaust. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show, home of the idiot stories. We got that and we got a whole lot more on this Friday edition. Welcome to Friday. The week is almost over. The weekend's almost here. Spring is just around the corner. You can feel it, smell it in the air. And I uh, hope you start your day off right. One of the ways you can start your day off right is with one of our sponsors, and that would be the great folks at Blackout Coffee. Folks, it is time for you to be awake, not woke, and start your day with a cup of America First fresh brewed Blackout Coffee. I love my Blackout Coffee. They are an active supporter of this show and hardworking Americans like you. Absolutely. Listen. They love this country, and that's awesome. But it doesn't mean a thing if you don't have a good product. We always support America First companies. Those are the only folks we bring on board here as our sponsors. They love making amazing coffee in addition to all of our traditional conservative values, truth, honesty, integrity, family. They use premium-grade coffee beans sourced from local co-ops and American farmers, pick only the best, and then they have a small batch roasting process. We've talked to you about it before. I'm sure you've heard it. In case you're new to the stream, when you order, only then they roast your beans within 48 hours and then ship them out right away. So you get them another two, three days to get to your door. Less than a week, you have a bag of the freshest roasted beans you can find. And you will see why that makes such a big difference. Our good friend Karen on the stream here. She's ordered up a bag. A bunch of folks have. Thank you so much for that, by the way. And she just uh, reported in and gave us a chat a day or two ago, said she loves this stuff. Absolutely sold. They, uh, they really are all about America and American values, but they're all about making good coffee. And this company, we need to support them. They support our troops. Skip the lines at the store. Order online. Get one of these great American company blackout coffee brews. They're roast in Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, 2A. These are cool signature blends. They've got coffee pods, flavored coffees. They also have hot cocos and teas. You can check them out. And uh, supported by a whole bunch of us here. Co-op cold brew. Pitch black espresso, one of my favorites. Look at that. Amazing. 1776. There it is right there. Blackout coffee, folks. you got to help support these guys in doing so. You're also helping support this show and the freedom to say what we want and bring you the stories we do. And you're also 
providing yourself with one of the best cups of coffee you'll ever had. I'm not kidding you. Give it a try. Just order a single bag. That's all you got to do. Order one bag. When you do, by the way, at checkout, use our promo code, get 20% off. J20, J-A-Y-20 is our promo code for 20% off your first order. There is a link right down there in the show notes, and that will get you to Blackout Coffee and get you that 20% discount. Promo code J20 is the code. Check it out with Blackout Coffee. Okay. The Who is doing a coup, and I'm not kidding. This story appeared in The Guardian, and uh, it's not really anything we haven't talked about before. In fact, it is exactly what we have talked about before. Fortunately, it's all falling apart. That kind of scares me because when these powerful entities like the WEF or the WHO start to know they're losing their grip, they're going to get even more evil than they already are. This bullshit global pandemic agreement is on the verge of falling apart, the WHO warns. Well, you know what, folks? Good on you. Keep going. The accord, which is, they claim, aimed at preventing another health crisis, like COVID, has lost momentum, they say, because of lies and conspiracy theories, which we know as the truth. Plans for a global pandemic agreement, preparedness agreement, are falling apart amidst wrangling for disinformation, according to this evil bastard. These people are worried because people are waking up. People are realizing what's going on. People are figuring it out. People all over the globe are saying, nope, sorry, we are not giving up our sovereign national rights. We are basically under a soft coup under the pretext of pandemics, preparedness, biosecurity. Dr. Merrill Nass explains exactly how the WHO's proposed pandemic treaty will, now listen to this, if, if you're not up on this, just, it, it's very brief. The WHO will be allowed to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by just by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, and ecosystems are all central to health. And if climate change, the giant scam that is climate change, they decide is a threat, they are literally able to take over all regulations and rules around the country. It doesn't matter what your border is or what your country is. Never mind. All of that is being turned over to these communists. In addition, any human right protections, gone. Enforcing censorship, Digital passports, did you like that during the pandemic? We had it here. 
Got to scan a QR code to go anywhere. It requires governments to push a single official narrative, which comes from these morons. And this craziest thing of all, these are all crazy, don't get me wrong, but the craziest thing of all is that it will allow the WHO to declare a pandemic whenever they want, for any reason they want. You understand the kind of control that gives over the entire world. Anyone who's signed on to this bullshit treaty, you are basically giving up your constitution, your human rights, everything to these idiots. This is beyond scary. There's a link in our show notes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but take a listen. If this doesn't scare the hell out of you, then you're apparently you're just that asleep. We're undergoing a soft coup, and the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, hmm. which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Besides, that whole vaccine thing worked so well last time right? This is what we're talking about, folks. This is what this WHO treaty, if it gets signed, will do to you. Basically, you don't have a country anymore. No one does. The EU, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and in China, wherever. Gone. Done. The WHO can, for any reason, decide there's a pandemic. Whoop, lock it down. Take away all your rights. You don't have any. The best thing you can do, I know, people sitting there going, okay, so what do I do? You call your representative. You let them know. Email them. Call them. Write them. Get a hold of them one where it's smoke signals. I don't know. You let them know two things. I vote, and I want this treaty stopped, and I don't want any part of it. Unbelievable. 
You're going to control every aspect of your life. Every bit of it. If you're going to let them. You going to let them? Sure the hell hope not. As AI, biometrics. Seriously, that was such an enormous pain in the ass. The pressure on society for you to get vaccinated. In some cases, it wasn't even pressure. If you wanted to work, you had to take the clot shot. Here, any place you went, you had to keep track. You just scan this with your little hand phone thing, your cell phone. It's coming back whether you like it or not. Biometrics. Major League Baseball. Now, thank God anybody awake is no longer really supporting the woke bastards and the MLB. But it's becoming more prevalent. Facial recognition technology in sports. That's where it will begin. Something that seems kind of benign, no big deal. Biometric entry for major league sports games is becoming more prevalent. The rise of facial recognition in sports. This image will be used by a service provider solely to create an alphanumeric Major League Baseball go-ahead ID for you and then immediately discard it. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. This biometric system from MLB known as go-ahead entry is this season going to be used at stadiums, including early adopter Minute Maid Park in Houston? This biometric facial recognition has been going around the world for a long time. Started several years ago and then got sped up. Opponents of the trend might say, with the pandemic, of course. Incidentally, a key reason that groups like the Major League Baseball Association and other leagues give for using these systems is to speed up entry into the ballparks. You see, it's for the common good. It'll make your life so much easier. It'll make your life so, so much more simple. Just scan your face. You won't have a ticket anymore. You put your face in the camera, bloop, recognizes you, and you're allowed access. privacy nightmare. In other words, that once again, this is about negligible convenience in exchange for unforeseeable consequences on your privacy, the type of uh, data that's gathered, and your face back in the database. Depending upon where you stand on the issue, for baseball lovers in the U.S., that service is an opt-in service. You don't right now have to use it. Please don't. The bad news is the Minute Maid Park and three other venues will deploy it at opening day and eventually it will be used every time at some point during 2024. If you're eligible, you've got to be 18 to use the go-ahead entry that'll have the first digital ticket via their ballpark app. 
and then they use the same app to take a picture of yourself. Now, according to Major League Baseball, it's not stored or shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll believe that. Sure. It's converted into a digital token used to authenticate fans from their face. What does that even mean? Nobody's asking. Those who get registered uh, their right to use a separate lane, not have to show their ticket while entering the stadium, which of course you'll still have to go through security so you're not really saving anything. It's almost like you have to clear at the airport which explains a lot. <laughs> that's not a benefit, folks. It's almost like clearing at the airport. Oh yeah, that's easy and convenient. Bend over and crack a smile, right? <laughs> the WHO, digital ID, your face in a database. Oh, let's throw in net zero while we're at it, shall we? Why not? Do you have any idea how much it's costing you? You probably don't. You're going to when I get done telling you about this one. It's from the Epic Times. As you and I struggle financially, and we are worse than ever, the climate agenda, the manufactured fake bullshit climate scam, is sparking price hikes in food very big price hikes in food thanks to this net zero climate crap pushing regulations and costs onto farmers well here's how it works when things cost the farmers more they have to charge more for their products to the supermarkets when the supermarkets get charged more, they charge you more. Yeah, uh, not exactly something you couldn't have figured out on your own. And I know my audience is smart enough. They figured that out a long time ago. It's happening. It's happening right now. Unless you do something about it, it's going to continue to happen. Inflation remains stubbornly high. Farmers throughout the Western world warning that cost increases because of the crap net zero movement is going to drive food prices through the roof. Simultaneously, smaller farmers being driven out of business can't put up with it. Mom and pop farms which at one time, sadly, now are no longer, but were the backbone of this country. January inflation prices increased 3.1% over what they were a year ago. Fight against inflation has not been won, far from it. Overall prices since January 2021, 18% rise. You know what else happened in January 2021? Yeah, the rotting bag of oatmeal in the White House took over. Look, folks, everybody's struggling across the country in every state. One-fifth of the value of your dollar 
has just gone, evaporated in three years. Cost of food, other essentials uh, become more expensive. USDA, which tracks food prices, by the way, offers an optimistic assessment. Of course they do. They're part of the federal government. That's their job, to lie to you. After having gone up 9.9% in 2022, they say food prices grew more slowly in 2023. Yeah. Oh, there's some good news, huh? Still growing, still going up, uh, but, but, but slower. And according to the USDA, food prices expected to continue into 2024. So you just get out there and help to support your net zero regulations that are killing small farmers, mom and pop operations that have been in the farming business families for generations, gone, out of business. We live in evil times, my friends, evil, evil times. I try and mix it up so it's not all bad news. And we talked about this before, but this is a really in-depth article from the Epic Times. And it's a shocker. A pleasant one. You remember Fetterman? The guy who had the stroke, had all the problems, the guy who miraculously got elected as a senator. You know, hoodie guy. Turns out he is not the progressive politician everybody thought he was. I'll bet the people that arranged his winning an election are a little shocked. He is walking his own path in the Senate. And you know what? Good on him. I've called the man an idiot because he was. When he was running for election, he said some really stupid things. But he is ruffling feathers, folks. This man is calling it like he sees him. Amazingly, financial backing from progressive Democrats helped Fetterman get elected. This seat that he holds now was a long-held Republican seat. First two years, he's often surprised progressives and conservatives, myself included, with rather outspoken positions that have challenged the party dogma. He voted against his party five times. The only Democrat to vote no on the confirmation of Monica Bertinoli to direct the National Institute of Health. One of four Democrats to vote no to increase the debt ceiling. And he agreed with Republicans on a resolution to disapprove of a rule written by the Department of Con Commerce relating to Joe Biden's 2022 June emergency authorization for temporary extension of time and duty-free importation of solar cells and modules from Southeast Asia. Guy on the Senate floor in a car hat hoodie, still very much a Democrat. He's pro-abortion, pro-recreational marijuana, pro-criminal justice reform, 
strong supporter of unions, but he says sometimes people may have the wrong impression, whether from the commercials and all that stuff, Fetterman said. I've always really had these kind of positions. It's not like a shock. So nothing's changed. Perhaps maybe your perception of me has. Interesting. But the man speaks his mind and votes the way he feels, and it's not bad at all. I'm relatively impressed. Not on some of the areas where we strongly disagree, but on a lot of stuff, he's bang on. It's, it's amazing, actually. It's not at all what I expected. I'll admit when I'm wrong, and in this case, I was 50% wrong. Believable. Huh. There is a report out <clears throat> from the Office of the Inspector General You don't want to commit a crime. You don't want to commit a federal crime where you wind up in federal prison. If just the idea of breaking the law on a level that you might do federal time doesn't scare you enough, how about the idea that if you commit a crime and you wind up getting sentenced to federal prison, you might die Serious failures in prisons has contributed to hundreds of inmate deaths. When seconds count, prison staff often show a very big lack of urgency in responding to attempted suicides, homicides. All this according to an Office of the Inspector General's report. This is a shocker. In the seven years from 2014 to 2021, a total of 344 inmates died in custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, an average of 49 deaths a year. Serious job performance, management failures, all things that created unsafe conditions which were related to many of the deaths and recurring issues after an inmate's death that limited the Bureau of Prisons' ability to identify ways to minimize any future risks. More than half of the 344 deaths were suicides. The BOP has policies in place that are supposed to prevent suicides. The report says a combination of recurring policy violations and operational failures contributed most to inmate suicides. Inmate assessments not completed to identify and address the risk of suicide. Says here, we also found numerous instances of potentially inappropriate mental health care level assignments for some inmates who later died by suicide. More than half the inmates were alone in a cell. Almost half were in a restrictive housing setting. 
a third connected to a lack of staff making regular rounds to check on the inmates. Homicide, second most prevalent means of death in federal prisons, followed by accidents and deaths from unknown factors, usually related to drugs. During an attempted suicide or homicide, seconds count. Folks, I did this job in a previous life. Seconds really do count. The report found a complete lack of urgency in dealing with emergency situations. Lack of emergency equipment, unclear radio communications, just unbelievable. This report is damaging, absolutely damaging. More details are in this article. It is from uh, the Epic Times, and it is in our show notes. You should do yourself a favor. Read it. Find out more about it. Be edumacated. Post-millennial Washington Democrats slap an unbelievably stupid amendment to an education bill about the Holocaust. What was the amendment for? Hamas. No, I'm not kidding. I wish I was. This idiot A bipartisan bill on Holocaust and genocide education in Washington state has had a Hamas amendment slapped on it by state house Democrats that would guarantee that anti-Semitic and pro-Hamas talking points are taught in public schools to our kids. This bill mandates public schools teach the Holocaust and other genocides and augment current material on the Holocaust with a curriculum augmented by the Holocaust Center for Humanity and other agencies. In April, International Genocide Prevention and Awareness Month, Washington public schools have to also promote age-appropriate educational activities regarding the Holocaust and other genocides. Once the bills were introduced, local anti-Semites and Hamas supporters spammed the legislators and demanded the Holocaust education be watered down. Focus more on other genocides. Some of these far-left educators also want children to be taught the false narrative that Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinians in the Jewish state's ongoing war against the Hamas terrorists. After the bill came out of committee with the unanimous approval, State Democratic Rep. Emilia Alvarado, in a move attempting to pacify her far-left base, 
slapped what legislators have dubbed the Hamas Amendment on the legislation, which now takes and opens the door for the Holocaust curriculum to have to include the false Hamas narrative in an attempt to offset addressing the pro-Israel bias in the material. A pro-Hamas amendment to a bill meant to teach kids about the Holocaust. And that makes some sense to you how? We live in evil, evil times. They're not going to stop until we stop them, until we draw that line and tell them, no, you're not crossing over it. Not today. Are you on Truth Social? I am. I'm over there. You can uh, join in. Matter of fact, where is my, uh, what is my true, I'm on every social media platform there is. Uh, at Jay Sheldon over on Truth Social. Please follow me. I just, I started the account. I don't do much with it, but I am there. If you're on Truth, please give me a follow. It's at Jay Sheldon. By the way, you can also now, I know, but I, I caved, fully admit I caved, but how I did it, very smart. I'll tell you. I am on TikTok. I know. I know. Folks, take TikTok off your phone. Do not let your kids use TikTok. Do not put TikTok on your devices. I have a burner phone with a burner phone number with absolutely no personal data at all. I created a fake Gmail account, signed up for TikTok, and now I have a TikTok account, which is all, that's the only thing on that phone, is that app. And any, no other personal information, I wiped the whole phone. So there's no way they can get anything about me because that's all TikTok is, is one giant piece of Chinese spyware. If you're on TikTok, because I know millions of you are, please give me a follow. I do post there fairly regularly. I just had the account up for maybe a week and I've just been posting some funny sayings. It's at uh, J Sheldon TikTok. Exactly that, J. Sheldon TikTok. All one word. You want to follow me over there? Please do. And pop in a message. Say hi. I'd love to chat with you. All right. So, yeah, that's where you can find me over there, hanging out, having fun. Truth Social. Let's get back to it. Some big news. Don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but it's fantastic news. They are getting ready to take the big step towards going public. Yep. Won't be long now. Truth Social received U.S. regulatory approval to go public by merging with a blank check company called Digital World Acquisition Corp. This is a huge step forward for this deal. One day after a huge step backwards, the DWAC disclosed the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission signed off on its registration statement said it will soon announce a shareholder vote date. Shares rose 15% on the news. 
giving a market cap of around $1.86 billion. Wow. So yeah, it's happening. I am over on Truth Social. Please give me a, uh, and a hi and a hello and a follow over there. It's at Jay Sheldon on Truth. Find me there. You find me on X. All, this, all that is down there in the show notes if you really want to stalk me. Feel free. I love stalkers. <laughs> all right. One more for you. We always end up with some piece of good news, something to make you smile. And this, man, this is it. <laughs> this is from Mr. Common Sense. It's just words on a page and a picture of this guy who deserves a huge hat tip. 19-year-old Dairy Queen manager, Joey Prusak, serving a blind customer. When he noticed the blind man dropped a $20 bill. The woman behind the blind man in line grabbed the 20 and put it in her purse. Prusak, the manager of the store, then told the woman, return the money. She said no. So this guy who is a teenager, has done well by himself to become a manager at that age, he said, ma'am, you can either return the $20 or you can leave the store because I'm not going to serve someone as disrespectful as you. The woman left. Then Prusak returned to the blind man and gave him 20 bucks out of his own pocket. He says, I was just doing what I thought was right. And I did it without even really thinking about it. Wow. Well, Joey Prusak, a huge hat tip to you. We need more Americans like you, buddy. What a heartwarming story. The link to that post is, uh, is in our show notes. Share it out on your social media. Let people know there are still... In spite of all the crap, there are still some very good people in this world. All right. Are you ready? I am. It is time for our book. We are reading the five little peppas and how they grew. I remember my mom reading this book to me when I was a very young little kid. And we're on up to the chapter, which is called Mamsie's Birthday. Run down and get the cinnamon, will you, Joey? Said Polly. It's in the provisions room. Now, the provisions room was a little shed. It was tacked onto the main house, reached by a short flight of rickety stairs, so-called because, as Polly said, it's a good place to keep provisions in, even if we haven't any. And besides, she always finished... It sounds nice. Come on, Dave, then we'll get something to eat. So the cinnamon was handed up, and then Joel flew back to Davy. And now Polly's cake was done and ready for the oven. 
with many admiring glances from herself and Phronsie, who, with Serafina, an extremely old but greatly revered doll, tightly hugged in her arms, was watching everything with the biggest of eyes from the depth of the old chair. It was placed in the oven, the door shut with a happy little bang. And then Polly gathered Phronsie up in her arms and sat down to the chair to have a good time with her and watch the process of cooking. There was a bumping noise that came from the provisions room that sounded ominous. Then a smothered sound of words, followed by a scuffling over the old floor. Boys, called Polly. No answer. Everything was just as still as a mouse. Joel and David, called Polly again in her loudest tones. Yes, came up the crooked stairs in Davy's voice. Come up here right away, went back again from Polly. So up the stairs trudged the two boys, presented themselves rather sheepishly before the big chair. What was that noise, she asked. What have you been doing? Well, it wasn't anything but the pail, answered Joel, not looking at her. We had something to eat, said Davy, by way of explanation. You always let us. I know, said Polly. That's right. You can have as much bread as you want to, but what have you been doing with the pail? Nothing, said Joel. Twouldn't hang up, that's all. And you've been bumping it, said Polly. Oh, Joel, how could you? You might have broken it. Then what would Mamsie say? Oh, I didn't, said Joel stoutly with his hands in his pocket. Bump it worse than Davy's, so there. Why, Davy, said Polly, turning to him sorrowfully. I shouldn't have thought you would. Well, I'm tired of hanging it up, said little Davy vehemently, and I said I wasn't a-going to. Joel always makes me. I've done it two million times, I guess. Ah, oh, dear, said Polly, sinking back into the chair. I don't know whatever I shall do. Here's Phronsie Hurt. We want to celebrate tomorrow, and you two boys are bumping and banging out in the bread pail, and... Oh, we won't, cried both of the children, perfectly overwhelmed with remorse. We'll hang it right up. I'll hang it, said Dave, clattering off down the stairs with a will. Uh, no, I will, shouted Joel, going after him at double pace, and presently both came up with shining faces and reported it nicely done. And now, said Polly, after they'd all sat around the stove another half an hour watching and sniffing expectantly, the cake's done, dear me, it's turning black. As quickly as possible, Polly twitched it out of the energy and set it on the table. Oh, dear, of all things in the world, the beautiful cake over which so many hopes had been formed that was to give so much happiness on the morrow to dear mother, presented in a forlorn appearance as it had stood there in anything but holiday attire. It was quite black on the top, in the center of which was a depressing little dump, as if to say my feelings won't allow me to rise to the occasion. Now, 
said Polly, turning away with a little fling and looking at the stove. I hope you're satisfied, you old thing. You've spoiled our Mamsie's birthday. And without showing a bit of warning, she sat right down in the middle of the floor and began to cry as hard as she could. Well, I never, said a cheery voice that made the children skip. Oh, Mrs. Beebe, oh, it's Mrs. Beebe, cried Davy. See, Polly? Polly scrambled to her feet, ashamed to be caught thus, and whisked away the tears, the others explaining to their new visitor the sad disappointment that had befallen them, and she was soon ooing and eyeing enough to suit even their distressed little souls. You poor creatures, you, she claimed at last for about the fifteenth time. Here, Polly, here's some posies for you, and, oh, thank you, thank you, cried Polly with a radiant face. Why, Mrs. Beebe, you can put them in here, can't we? The very thing. And she set the little knot of flowers in the hollow of the cake. And there they stood, nodding away to the delighted children, like brave little comforters as they were. The very thing, echoed Mrs. Beebe, tickled to death to see their delight. It looks beautiful, I declare. And now I must run along or Pa'll be worrying. So the good woman trotted out to her waiting husband, who was impatient to be off. Mr. Beebe kept a little shoe shop in town, and always being of the impression that if he left it for ten minutes, the crowds of customers would visit. He was the most restless of companions on any pleasure excursion. And Phronsie's got hurt, said Mrs. Beebe, telling him the news as he finished tucking her up and starting the old horse. Ho, oh, you don't say, he cried. Whoa, dear me, Mrs. Beebe, how can you scat me, pal? What's the matter? What, the little girl that bought the shoes, asked her husband. Yes, replied the wife. She's hurt her foot. Show now, said the gentleman. That's too bad. And he began to feel in all his pockets industriously. There, can you get that out and take her that? And he laid a small piece of peppermint candy, thick and white, in his wife's lap. Oh, yes, cried Mrs. Beebe good-naturedly, beginning to clamber over the wheel. And so the candy was handed to Phronsie who insisted Polly should hold her up to the window to thank Mr. Beebe. So amid nods and shaking of hands, the Beebees drove off and quietly settled down over the little brown house again. Now, children, said Polly, after Phronsie would made them take a bite of her candy all around, let's get the cake put away safe, for Mamsie may come home early. Where will you put it? asked Joel, wishing the world was all peppermint candy. Oh, in the cupboard, Polly said, taking it up. Here, Joe, you can climb up and put it clear in the back of the... Oh, wait! I must take the posies off and keep them fresh in water. So the cake finally deposited in a place of safety, followed by the eyes of all the children. Now, said Polly as they shut the door tight, don't you go looking at that cupboard, or Mammy will guess something, Joey. Can I just open it a little crack and take one smell when she isn't looking? asked Joel. I should think you might, Polly, just one. No, 
said Polly firmly. Not one, Joe. She'll guess if you do. But Mrs. Pepper was so utterly engrossed with her baby when she came home and heard the account of the accident, she couldn't have guessed there'd been a dozen cakes in the cupboard. Joel was consoled as his mother assured him in a satisfactory way that she should never think of blaming him. Phronsie comforted, coddled to her heart's content, and to the evening passed rapidly, happily away. Ben smuggled Phronsie off to a corner where she told him all the doings of the day, the disappointment of the cake, and how it finally was crowned with flowers, all of which Phronsie, with no small pride in being the narrator, related gravely to her absorbed listener. And don't you think, Benzie, she said, clasping her little hand in a convincing way over his two bigger, stronger ones, that Polly's stove was very naughty to make Polly cry. Oh, yes, I do, said Ben, and he shut his lips tightly together. To have Polly cry hurt him more than he cared to have Phronsie see. What are you staring at, Joe? asked Polly a few minutes later. Her eyes fell upon Joel, who sat with his back to the cupboard, persistently gazing at the opposite wall. Why, you told me yourself not to look at the cupboard, said Joel in the loudest of stage whispers. Dear me, that'll make Mammy suspect worse than anything if you look like that. What did you say about the cupboard, asked Mrs. Pepper, who caught Joe's last word. Uh, we can't tell, said Fonzie, shaking her head at her mother, because there's a... Uh, and Polly clasped her hand on the child's mouth. Didn't you want Ben to tell us a story? Oh, yes, cried little Fonzie, at which all the others joined with a whoop of delight. So a most wonderful story, drawn up in Ben's best style, followed until bedtime. The first thing Polly did in the morning was to run to the cupboard. And that's where we will leave it off for today. And we'll pick it up again on Monday. See what happens with this cake and Mamsie's birthday. The five little peppers and how they grew. <laughs> what a fantastic week, Kate. Thank you guys so much. You mean the world to me. I really appreciate you being here. Give us a follow, please. Sign up for a free Rumble account if you haven't yet. Then you can hit that follow button. Join us in our live chat. Of course, give us a thumbs up. We appreciate that. It's all free, and it all goes a long way towards helping the show out. We really do appreciate it. Check out our great sponsors. You'll find some fantastic deals down there. And we will see you all again on Monday. Have a great weekend. You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>